Colorado spirit is that face in the community. Well, more accurately, the blue vests in the community because they wear the bright blue um, vests or T-shirts that mark their presence um, that can kind of make that contact where people are, the coffee shop, the town meeting, the neighborhood um, gardening project. Make that connection, check in, and then say, how you doing? Do you need mental health support? If so, this is a place where you can go. So they're just the, can be our arms and ears and legs. So what kind of reaction do the councillors get if they're offering up, you know, mental health support? Because I'd imagine a lot of knee jerk reaction is I actually need a carpenter and a builder and a building permit, and maybe an insurance person to come out. Mental health is not at the forefront of my needs right now. You know, is that a, is that one of the barriers? Sometimes people um, start out saying, I need a carpenter, I need that, and, and we are able to provide them with some resources where they could look into that. But it often gets down to, I am really struggling. They, they will end up, they'll be, end up talking to us about how they're doing um, behaviorally, even if they start out needing resources. Everybody's experience with something like this is obviously very different. Everyone has an individual experience and some people were more physically impacted than others in, in the flood. But are there commonalities that you're seeing, particularly now one year out of the flood itself, that uh, people are experiencing you know, in a mental health arena? Are there commonalities about where they are in the process? People are in different places. Some people have, have really recovered in a lot of ways and other people are, are still struggling and both are okay and both are on their path. Um, there is some commonality generally within a community, but there's such wide differences in terms of where people are. And so are you seeing depression? Is there substance abuse? I mean, what are some of the triggers or some of the spots that maybe people might think, OK, this is a direct result of the stress I'm feeling for the flood? Certainly, I think um, depression um, anxiety and anxiety can be manifest in different ways. A lot of worry, a lot of uh, difficulty sleeping, um, and typically getting getting off kilter with routine. So maybe not eating as well, maybe not finding time to exercise or do other healthy things, or getting away from spiritual pursuits that help that. So getting off balance in in one way or another is some of the common responses we see to this kind of traumatic event. And the people who I think are recovering and starting to heal are the people who have gotten back into some sort of routine, have been able to tap into different sources of support. And the people that are still struggling are the people who uh, their lives are just as impacted today as, as they were 12 months ago. Still displaced, still looking for temporary slash permanent housing. Exactly. Still living someplace other than their own home. Um, still maybe not even being re- reunited with their pets. Um, you know, there's there's still some of that disruption um, that has taken place even now. We have, as a community, really gone on to recover in may- ways that are amazing. I think when you look at the roads that have been rebuilt and the progress and so much of the infrastructure rebuilding. When we see all of that, and all of that is rightly celebrated because it's been a huge achievement to recover, really, as a, if you look at the entire state, how far we've gone. And yet, individually, there are so many people who are still, as you said, Janine, it's like the flood just happened yesterday in terms of how their life is still disrupted. Does that augment, you know, the anxious feeling that people might be feeling when they're seeing, and particularly now we're seeing the year-long commemorations, celebrations in many ways, and for people who don't feel like celebrating because they are still right in the middle of a crisis. 
can that even kind of exacerbate those feelings? It, it really can. And, and I think, you know, a lot of thoughtfulness has to be put in and is put into those kind of events where we there is a lot to celebrate because a lot of healing has happened. But there's still big parts of the community that are not the same. And some loss, it will never be the same. And we, we lost lives as well um, in this event. So I think it has to be done with some sensitivity to that, that, that this anniversary isn't isn't celebratory to many. It's just a reminder of really deep pain and deep loss. So um, so we hold that. I think we have to hold both um, as we come into this time of the year. Molly, we talked about some of the barriers that the councillors who are literally boots on the ground are experiencing when they're trying to reach out and provide mental health support. One of them, I'd imagine, is literally finding the people who need that support. When we're talking about a displaced community, knocking on doors might not be effective because these people are not at behind a door that they've usually been behind, if you know what I mean. So how have you managed in that regard? Well, sometimes neighbours will come out and say, you know, this person looked for them here or there, and they will give us some insights into that. We've actually found people in places we didn't expect to. We'll be um, at an event in Longmont, and someone will say, oh, I, I'm from Jamestown, but now I'm living in Longmont. So we often, teams that are not um, from a particular area will pass on names of of people for the other team because they aren't where they want where they're supposed to be and that is why we go to a lot of events because often we're not going to find them at their door